Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at TCKpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Happy Monday. Happy to be back with you. Your host, Sky Guasco, back with you for another episode 275 coming up for you here. We got the Ballers and Stallers as a week four recap. Tomorrow we'll have your boy Dwayne, a.k.a. Dewey's Nuts, coming in with a stat rat breakdown. On Wednesday, we'll bring in Bobby Lamarco, a.k.a. Fantasy Football x Factor, to break down the early morning games for Sunday. On Thursday, we'll bring back Dewey's Nuts for the Thursday night game, as well as the later slates on Sunday and, of course, Monday Night Football. And then on Friday, as always, we'll bring in Chris Benavides of the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast to break down the TCK Pod Listener League recap of Week 4 and the preview of Week 5. We do have some bye weeks. Bye weeks are on, and they are just two teams this week, the Packers and the Lions on bye week. But early heads up, the bye weeks are upon us. with all these injuries and all the COVID concerns starting to pop up, it's really, really important. You get ahead of your waiver wire. You start really using your fab of what you have left, and you uh, start using that top priority uh, for waivers um, best that you possibly can. So we're here to help you with that. So today we'll break down, as we always do, with the first episode of the week, we'll break down the ballers installers for you, the highest performing players and then mention some players that you most likely started but underperformed unfortunately and then at the end of this episode we'll get into the waiver wire column so if you're not necessarily interested or you've done all your research you've done all the recaps you know who balled out and stalled then uh feel free to to fast forward to the later part of this episode when i'll blaze through real quick the waiver wire pickups for week five I also do want to mention that the article is available at Fantasy Football State of Mind. Um, I am just an affiliate of them. TCK is is our brand, but I work with them. And as you've heard with Dwayne and Lucas and uh, Bobby and Chris, all of us work with different entities, but kind of uh, bring it all together here on the TCK pod for you. So you can check that out as well at Fantasy Football State of Mind if you'd like to. That's FFSOM Premium. $10 a month premium uh, articles and, and availability to some incredible um, fantasy football minds. So go check that out if you'd like to. You can also, of course, find all of our content, as you know, at tckpod.com. All right, let's jump into it here. We have Incredible day by the Browns, but uh, the Cowboys come up short. But Dak for fantasy, absolutely crushing it. Tom Brady, number two on the week, 369, five touchdowns, league uh, league leader. In fact, it was Teddy Bridgewater's first rushing touchdown since 2016 when he blew out his knee. If you've been around fantasy football the last handful of years, uh, you remember Teddy B was out for a couple of years with two blown out knees. But great to see him active, A, getting a starting role, playing well, and uh, healthy enough to trust his leg to run. So big win there for the Panthers over the Cardinals, 31-21. Josh Allen, top five once again, 288. So he does not get 300 yards for the first time this year, but he has two touchdowns through the air, and he also runs one in as well. 
Lamar Jackson, 193 and a score, but a huge 50-yard touchdown on the ground. Of course, you saw those in the highlights, I'm sure. Sam Darnold, 230, had a long rushing score as well, 84 rushing yards. Uh, that'll probably be a career high for uh, Sam Darnold on a broken play against the Broncos on Thursday Night Football, but nonetheless, he got it done. Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, and Matt Stafford all had three touchdowns through the air, none of them over 300 yards, but they all got it done with the touchdowns. Carson Wentz, a rushing score once again, three games in a row with a rushing score for Carson Wentz. He did have a passing touchdown as well, but under 200 yards passing. And Ryan Fitzpatrick rounds out the 20-plus point fantasy quarterbacks this week. 315, no throwing scores. He does rush one in, though, late. He did have two picks per usual because that's what Fitz does. So those are your top quarterbacks. Uh, Prescott, Brady, Rogers, Bridgewater, Allen, Jackson, Darnold, Murray, Herbert, Stafford, Wentz, and Fitz. Those are the quarterbacks that gave you more than 20 fantasy points in six point per throwing touchdown leagues. Let's go to the Stallers, Kirk Cousins here. So these are these are quarterbacks that had less than 15 fantasy points in six point leagues. Kirk Cousins. 14.9 just on that brink, but technically under 15. So I want to put him in here. 260 and one touchdown. Obviously a big week last week, but he'll have he'll have better games. But uh, Dalvin Cook is just playing out of his mind. This rushing attack is incredible. So uh, basically they just need Kirk Cousins not to lose. And they finally did that. The Vikings get their first win over Houston, 31-23, leading, of course, to Bill O'Brien getting fired as the GM, offensive coordinator, and head coach. So we'll see what Robbie, uh, Romeo Cornell can uh, do there for the Houston Texans. Next up, Matt Ryan really just didn't look like himself without Julio Jones, um, who missed the second half of the game. Calvin Ridley had no receptions, which we'll get to later on. Russell Gage didn't do much either. Um, it was really Sakias, their four-string receiver, who got the work. Todd Gurley did okay on the ground, but Matt Ryan still 285, uh, but no scores on uh, the day there. So Matt Ryan will have better days, clearly. But uh, the, the the Green Bay defense did a great job there on Monday Night Football. Nick Foles, after a big second half, 250. Uh, not terrible, but just one score. So we obviously want to see more than that, just 11 points for the Bears. We're going to need more than that. The Colts defense is legit, but uh, Nick Foles certainly not flexing here in uh, his first start for the Bears this year. And we have Jared Goff, 200 yards and a touchdown. Uh, this was a kind of a slow starting game all we um, all game, and uh, they eventually pulled away here for the Rams. But uh, Jared Goff will have bigger days, obviously as well. Philip Rivers, 190 and a touchdown. Brett Rippon, 242 and two touchdowns, but three picks that brought that back down. Daniel Jones, 45 rushing yards, but just 190, no scores for him. My boy Nick Mullins, unfortunately. Uh, through the game-ending pick, leading to C.J. Beathard coming in in the fourth quarter, uh, leading a comeback, but unfortunately the, the Niners weren't able to do it against Philadelphia. Very disappointing loss for the 49ers, but Nick Mullins, I think, unfortunately, probably lost the opportunity uh, to get his job. So I don't think he'll be doing that in San Francisco anymore, but I do think he is an NFL-able uh, quarterback who might get a, a chance elsewhere unless, you know, um, something else happens to Jimmy Garoppolo or it lasts longer. So unfortunately, Nick Mullins, just 200 yards and a touchdown, but two costly picks, one of them going pick six against the Eagles. CJ Beathard comes in after him, 138, no scores, and uh, just wasn't able to bring back the 49ers there. And then as far as the Patriots, Brian Hoyer started the game, 130, but he had a costly interception, also a pick six. They bring in Jarrett Stidham. He had 60 yards and a touchdown, but two interceptions as well so unfortunately the patriots fall to the kansas city chiefs no surprise there but uh not much going on there for the patriots all right let's go to the running backs here more than 20 ppr fantasy points joe main mixon finally man i've been riding the train like many other people not named chris benavides this entire summer and it's been frustrating and and the most frustrating part of this whole thing I've been saying for the last three weeks is that he's getting the work. He had at least 16 carries in all three games so far and just not scoring. Well, he blew up number one running back on the week, 25 carries, 151 rushing yards, two touchdowns, and six receptions on six targets, 30 yards, and a receiving score as well. 
this is the Joe Mixon we expected. This is the Joe Mixon that we should have moving forward, especially if A.J. Green continues to struggle in the passing game there. But this is as high as it's going to get, I think, for Joe Mixon. So with running back sketch at this point and not many uh, true bell cow number one running backs available due to injury or COVID, whatnot, I'm not saying you should trade Joe Mixon away, but maybe test the waters and see if you can get two pieces back. If you can get another quality running back and maybe another quality, let's say a, a quarterback in super flex, maybe a tight end if you need one that's reliable or even a high uh, profile receiver who's getting the targets and the work. And if you can flip Joe Mixon on a week like this for two pieces, I think you should do it. Otherwise, I definitely would keep this. Now, he's not going to play like this every week. We've seen the the floor, unfortunately. Uh, it'll be good and bad, but I do think that this is um, – you know, somewhere in between these last three weeks and this week is where we're going to be. So 20 touches, 100 total yards, and a score would be great for Joe Mixon for a, a base floor. So we'll see what happens there. But good to see him finally break out. Dalvin Cook continues 27 carries, 130 on the ground, two touchdowns for him, and another two receptions for 16 yards. He did come out for a little bit in the fourth quarter. It was a tight game. Um, and actually, Alexander Madison ended up getting a touchdown as well that would have gone to Dalvin Cook, I'm sure. Um, so it could have been a much larger day for Dalvin Cook, but I think he just needed a breather. He got a little bit banged up, came off, but when Alexander Madison scored, Dalvin Cook was the first one to greet him off the sideline in the end zone, uh, and they were dancing and whatnot. So he felt good. I think he's healthy. Um, he just needed a breather at that time, and uh, Madison, capable warning back, came in and got the job done. Melvin Gordon, Thursday Night Football, 23 carries, 107 yards, and two touchdowns. Of course, a lot of that came in garbage time with three minutes left on a 40-yard touchdown scamper that crushed a lot of people early in the week. But, you know, again, opportunity is king in fantasy football. 25 touches, you love that. I don't expect him to have over 100 rushing yards, maybe at all, the rest of the season. Um, but he's obviously getting the lead work back as long as uh, Philip Lindsay is out. So we'll see what happens there. Chris Carson, 60, or excuse me, 16 carries, 80 yards, and two touchdowns. Antonio Gibson, 13 carries, 46 yards, and the touchdown on the ground, four Uh, excuse me, all four weeks this year. So he is doing it and um, doing it well. Raheem Mostert should be back soon. I do expect him to jump right in when he gets back, but Jerick McKinnon is certainly going to have that role. And uh, my boy Jeff Wilson will be uh, back to the bench. I'm not worried about Tevin Coleman, even when he gets healthy. Aaron Jones does his thing, 20 total touches, 111 yards, and a score there for Aaron Jones on Monday night. He is doing just fine. Mike Davis remains very effective, five for six through the air, 27 yards. We saw the eight receptions two weeks in a row for him, 16 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown on the ground as well. Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara round out the top 10. Both of them get in the end zone. Latavius Murray twice, both of them uh, near 100 yards, getting it done there, uh, 15 touches each. So they beat up on the Lions there. And Zeke Elliott rounds out the top running backs with more than 20 fantasy points in PPR, 12 carries, 54 yards. We need more than that, obviously but he gets eight catches on eight targets for 71 yards. So no touchdown for Zeke. Uh, sounds crazy. And there's some players that, that you just aren't going to be able to buy no matter how quote unquote low they are because of the name value. And, and Zeke Elliott is definitely one of them. However, if you can buy low on Zeke right now is the time. Um, he hasn't scored much lately. He's getting enough fantasy points because he gets 20 touches every game and he racks up yardage, and he racks up catches, and they're doing okay. But if you could somehow, again, Joe Mixon for Zeke Elliott straight across or something would be, sounds ridiculous, but you might be able to pull it off this week. So I would give that a shot. Let's go to the stallers for the running backs here. These are running backs that had single-digit PPR performances. Miles Sanders against the 49ers on Sunday night, 13 carries, 46 yards, just two catches for 30 yards. Adrian Peterson had a touchdown, but just 36 total yards. Then you had Ernest Johnson had 13 carries and 95 yards. He's in the staller category because he had nine and a half points, but I'm going to talk about him in the waiver 
uh, waiver column. He is actually my number one waiver claim this week. So everyone needs running backs, but especially if you had Nick Chubb, I think you should go out and get Darnus Johnson right away. I will get into him a little bit more when we get into our uh, waiver wire column. So hold tight on Darnus Johnson. Jonathan Taylor getting the work, but a little bit frustrating here. So 18 total touches, 17 carries, and one reception for 11 yards, 68 yards on the ground, no touchdowns. But they're also using Haim Hines. They're also using Jordan Wilkins. I'm concerned about the overall bell cow workload that we expected from Jonathan Taylor when Marlon Mack went down. It is not just his backfield. Naheem Hines isn't very good. He's a pass-catching specialist. He blew up in week one. I get all that. But he's not very good. Jordan Wilkins, I think, is fine. Um, but neither one of them holds a candle athletically or, or in a, as a true running back to Jonathan Taylor. But they're winning these games handily. They were in control of the Bears the entire time. I'm thinking maybe they just don't want to use up Jonathan Taylor so much in the beginning of the season so that they can have him in the later half of the season. He's still getting work. 18 touches is great. But again, you know, less than 100 yards with no touchdowns is rough for fantasy. But again, a buy low candidate potentially if you can flip him. Look, Joe Mixon for Antonio Gibson and Jonathan Taylor, I would do that trade all day long if you could pull it off. A couple other names here. Uh, Darrell Henderson. Just nine total touches for 38 yards. Uh, one target there. He obviously. Started him in a spot start with uh, Saquon Barkley out with not trusting Deion Lewis. Not really into it. Six carries, 45 yards. Deion Lewis, one carry, 10 yards, two catches for eight yards. I don't want either one of those. Joshua Kelly slipping a little bit here. 12 total touches, uh, 33 total yards. He did have two fumbles, and I'm concerned about that. He's fumbled multiple times this season already. Austin Eckler, as I mentioned at the top, out in you know indefinitely as of right now i don't think it's at, at recording of this podcast it isn't season ending i assume he's going to be on the ir they're just not sure if it's season ending ir or three-week ir but nonetheless rough hamstring issue for austin eckler he'll be out for a while and even if he comes back he's going to not be the same frankly this year unfortunately so joshua kelly is a guy you need on your roster and he should get the bell cow to work but justin jackson is around as well and we'll talk about him in the waiver column likewise Nick Chubb up here with 4.3 rushing yards. Look, he started the game hot, six carries, 43 yards, and he got injured. He would have had a huge game, I'm sure of it, um, like he does every week. But uh, unfortunately, he got injured. He is on the IR for minimum three weeks. There are reports that he can miss six weeks. So go find somebody for Nick Chubb. Hold on to him. Do you couple other guys that you may have started here. Kenyon Drake, obviously probably the biggest running back bust of fantasy football this year that's not related to injury. 13 carries, 35 yards. I just don't understand. We'll talk more about him as well when we get into the waiver wire column because I'm starting to feel Chase Edmonds, unfortunately. If you start on my boy Jeff Wilson, you were definitely let down. Unfortunately, I apologize for that shout-out because it just didn't work out this week. Four total touches, 19 yards there. Austin Eckler, as I mentioned, got injured and um, let you down before that as well. Just 2.4 fantasy points, three total touches for 14 total yards. And carry on Johnson, I don't know anybody starting him anymore. Uh, I am in a dynasty league because <laughs> that's kind of my only option right now. But four total uh, touches for 12 yards. Let's go to the wide receivers. We go with the more than 20 PPR fantasy points. Of course, we have to start with my man, Odell Beckham, at the top. Just like Joe Mixon, I've been riding this train all summer, been let down, but let down, but let down. Of course, we're going to have some big games with these great athletes, and we did it this week with Odell Beckham. Almost 40 fantasy points, two carries, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Of course, he iced the game against the Cowboys with a 50-yard uh 
reverse, which was insane. It looked like a Pop Warner play where all the defenders for the Cowboys like ran over there, and then he just like cut back on him, and nobody touched him, and he went in. It was insane. I kept waiting for him to get tackled, and he just frankly didn't. Receiving-wise, he had five catches, 81 yards, and two more touchdowns on eight targets. Love this, but again, I want to be clear about this. They had a blowout. Um, the the Cowboys were running up the score just as much as the Browns were. This was a 49-38 game, and Odell Beckham still had seven total touches. Two of those were carries. He had five receptions on eight targets. So if you just took his receiving, it was five for 81 and two touchdowns, which is nice, but that's very, very efficient. That's like a Tyler Lockett game, which works with Russell Wilson, I'm not going to count on that with Baker Mayfield. You add in the two carries, the 50-yard touchdown, it looks like a lot better game for Odell Beckham. I love Odell. I'm excited to start him. I think this is a great kind of a showing of what he can do so that we can get the ball in his hands more with Stefanski. But just like Joe Mixon, I'm not saying you must sell him because you don't have to sell anybody. But if you're able to potentially get him off your roster and bring in some big guns, I would – plan on doing that i would try to do that if you can because i think there's other players out there that you would uh, rather have their floor um and that have a potential ceiling so go look to potentially do that there with odell amari cooper 12 catches 134 and a touchdown in 16 targets look so far i have totally misjudged amari cooper i had him in like my wide receiver 19 or something preseason i still stand by why i put him there but the Cowboys defense is just so dreadful that uh, <laughs> Dak Prescott's out of his mind. So Amari Cooper's the top look, and he's looking great, frankly. Um, I'm just, uh, again, if you can, you know, keep him under keep him under team if you can, but if you can sell uh, higher, then, um, you know, I recommend you, you potentially do that. The problem is with all these injuries to Tay, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, I'm concerned that maybe you can't go higher than these guys right now. So... When I say sell high, it's kind of a relative term. Look at your landscape of your league. Look at who the league leaders are. Look at what you need for your team and try to flip them if you possibly can because some of these guys are playing out of their minds and I just don't think it's going to keep up necessarily. DJ Chark finally comes in, eight catches, 95 yards, and two touchdowns on nine targets. I'd like to see him finally come. Adam Thielen, Mike Evans, Tim Patrick of the Broncos on Thursday Night Football, Allen Robinson, and Will Fuller all had 100 yards and a touchdown. Like to see that. Allen Robinson, 10 targets. We want to see him peppered, of course. CeeDee Lamb, five catches on seven targets, 79 yards, but did have two scores there for the Cowboys. Terry McLaurin playing very, very well, not scoring because the Washington football team doesn't score very much, and Baltimore's defense is great, but against that incredible defense, McLaurin still had 10 catches for 14 yards and 118 excuse me, 10 catches on 14 targets for 118 yards, no score, but did just fine there. I would love to get Terry McLaurin and somebody else if I could for maybe Odell Beckham. I think that would be a great floor play there. Traquan Smith remains very good, just four catches on four targets, but 54 yards and two touchdowns. As long as Michael Thomas is out, Traquan Smith is a weekly start. And Devontae Parker, 12 targets from Fitzpatrick, 10 catches, 110 yards. Again, you're going to see that getting peppered from Fitzpatrick, but I would rather not play Devontae Parker if I don't have to. Let's go to the Stallers for wide receivers, single-digit PPR performances. Robert Woods, six carry, six catches, 35 yards, and seven targets. I have Robert Woods in one league. I wanted him in more leagues, but I have him in one league, and I actually benched him in that particular league. It felt gross doing it, but I'm glad that I did because I thought he was going to get shadowed by Bradbury. He did. And uh, in PPR, he had six catches, but in non-PPR, just three. Robert Woods last week. DJ Moore had a nice bounce back last week, but comes up with another four targets, or excuse me, six targets, four catches, 49 yards, and no score there. Eight targets for Zach Pascal. I love that for the Colts, but just three catches, 58 yards. Keelan Cole, been pretty hot by the Jags, but look, DJ Chark is finally healthy. He came back. He got the work. Two touchdowns, so Cole just four 
for 46, no score there. Marcus Valdez-Scantling, we expected a big game from him with no Tay Adams or Alan Lazard, but four catches for 45 yards on eight targets there. John Brown, four catches for 42 yards on five targets. We expected more from him on a weekly basis, but John Brown will have better games, absolutely. Darius Slayton, three for 48. Greg Ward, four for 38. And Debo Samuel made his first game back for the 49ers. He did have a 10-yard rush, so you get that little floor there. But just three targets for 35 yards. It was all George Kittle on Sunday Night Football. Julio Jones, four catches on four targets for 32 yards. Left the game early, like the last drive of the second or the first half. Didn't come back out of the tunnel in the second half. He was nursing a hamstring, questionable for the game anyway. Tough as nails and played it out, but man... I just don't think he's going to play next week. I mean, he's got to nurse this thing fully. The Falcons are horrible. There's no reason for him to go out there. And um, really concerned about Julio Jones just long-term. And then and if this turns into some A.J. Green type thing, it could be uh, could be really, really gnarly for Julio Jones. So I'm going to temper that conversation for now. But I'm definitely bummed overall. Julian Edelman, three for 36. And if you got excited about Cedric, Cedric Wilson last week on his uh, long touchdown, just three for 34 there, Sammy Watkins, four for 43, Golden Tate, four for 20, and then he got in a fight with Jalen Ramsey. They have some off-field stuff. They have some, like, interrelations situation with some family members and whatnot, so they had a brawl after the game, and they'll potentially get suspended. Nonetheless, not a good game for Tate. Tyler Lockett, probably the biggest letdown here for wide receivers outside of Michael Gallup. He is two for 39 on four uh, four targets. T.Y. Hilton, three for 29 and five. I've been telling people every single week to fade T.Y. Hilton. They continue not to. They continue to get burned. Don't play T.Y. Hilton. Michael Gallup, two for 29 on the week. And Preston Williams, another guy that I uh, was looking to spot start this week in a plus matchup against Seattle. One Catch for 15 yards on just three targets. Obviously, not a good move there. Let's move into the tight ends here. George Kittle crushing off the top. First game back in a while. Looking really, really good. 15 targets, 15 catches, 183 yards, and a touchdown. 40 fantasy points from your tight end. That's a weak winner automatic. Robert Tanyan did his best to match it. Their uh, BFFs off the field. Wear the same jersey number. Robert Tanyan is very influenced and inspired by George Kittle. Pretty cool. Uh, six targets, six receptions. So had that 100% catch rate, 98 yards, and three touchdowns. So definitely bested Kittle uh, there. But uh, Kittle just beast in 15 for 183. Damn. He also had an eight-yard rush as well. Mark Andrews, two catches on just three targets. So uber efficient. But you got to be careful with Mark Andrews. 57 yards there. Dalton Schultz. Four for 72 and a touchdown. Darren Waller, nine for 88 on 12 targets, but didn't score this week. Austin Hooper, OJ Howard before he got injured and out for the season, potentially with a uh, torn Achilles they're fearing, which is horrendous and just really, really terrible for a, a young budding star there. TJ Hawkinson and Jason Witten all score touchdowns, getting them up into the top 10. Evan Ingram, just outside the top 10, but I wanted to mention that he had 10 targets, six catches, 35 yards, and Travis Kelsey, a down week for him, but just three catches for 70 yards, but he's always going to be down a little bit versus Bill Belichick. He's really the only guy that can keep him in check. Let's go to less than 10 fantasy points for tight ends here in PPR. Uh, Hayden Hurst, four for 51. Noah Fant, five for 35. Greg Olson, five for 35. Ian Thomas and Mo Cox, if you're playing in deeper leagues, just two catches there, a touchdown each, but that was about it for each of them. Drew Sample, if you're getting cute there, three for 47. Don't like that. Jimmy Graham busted a little bit. He's got four for 35. Zach Ertz, four catches, nine total yards, and five targets there against the 49ers. The 49ers have been great against uh, on defense in general, but definitely against tight ends. So Zach Ertz, ooh, Zach Ertz is really, really tough right now. Richard Rodgers is kind of an interesting play just taking that Dallas Goddard role because everyone double teams Zach Ertz because they have no wide receivers. So Richard Rodgers, three for 35 on four targets, nothing sexy, but keep an eye on him. I'll talk about him in the waivers quick. Hunter Henry, two for 39 on three targets. Tyler Higby, three for 21. This is what we were talking about. Actually, Gerald Everett had a rushing touchdown in this game, uh, but Tyler Higby, again, he's going to have huge games. And he's going to have games that he disappears. So be careful with that. Rob Gronkowski, questionable now, one catch, 29 
yards. If he can come back healthy, he might be able to be a, a sneaky play with um, OJ Howard out and Trey Burton getting a little more run five targets in Indianapolis uh, with Jack Doyle um, not getting much work, but just two catches on 16 yards. Go through the defenses and the kickers and we'll take a quick break before we get into the waivers. Top five defenses, the Chiefs, Eagles, Rams, Colts, and Jets. The Chiefs beat up on Brandon, Brian Hoyer and uh, Jared Stidham. They get a, a pick six. They have three picks, a fumble recovery, two sacks, 18 fantasy points. The Eagles on the 49ers, a pick six on Mullins, two picks, and a fumble recovery, five sacks there. Rams, big game against uh, Daniel Jones, interception, five sacks there as well, and just nine points against Colts defense has been great so far this season. They are leading the NFL in points against, so scoring defense and overall yardage. The Colts are number one in the league. One pick, one sack, just 11 yards against them. And then the Jets actually had a nice game with a pick six against uh, Brian Rippon and the uh, Denver Broncos. There are three picks there and 37 points again. We're not starting the Jets ever. I actually put them in as spot start because I needed somebody, and they, they put together a, a nice performance there. These are your staller defenses. This is zero or negative fantasy points from your defenses. The Chargers got beat up by the Bucks. We know that. Then the Lions, the Raiders, the Dolphins, the Browns, the Texans, the Cardinals, the Falcons, the Jaguars, and the Cowboys. <laughs> out of all of these teams, out of the 10 teams here that gave up zero or scored, I should say, zero or negative fantasy points, the Browns actually won their game, but because they went up against the Cowboys, gave up 38 points and they had negative one total fantasy points. The Cowboys against the Browns zone, negative nine fantasy points and maybe even bigger in certain other scorings. Top 10 kickers, top 10 kickers. We got to give a shout out to the kickers here over um, eight fantasy points here. Some of them really carry your team, to be honest, Brand, uh, Brandon McManus, Jason Sanders and Sam Ficken of the Broncos Dolphins and Jets, respectively, all 18 fantasy points. You'd love to see that. Both Sanders and Ficken all had five field goals there. Randy Bullock from the Bengals had 17 points. Rodrigo Blankenship remains very, very solid for uh, the Colts. Definitely the kicker rookie of the year for sure. 14 fantasy points. Aldrich Rojas, uh, Rosas for the Jaguars, 14 as well. Kaimi Fairbairn, Daniel Carlson, Cody Parkey, James Myers. Jason Myers, excuse me, uh, Graham Gano, Justin Tucker, Harrison Butker, and Mike Badgley get you the rest of your ballers for the kickers. We'll take a quick commercial break here. Let me catch my breath and let you know to please go find us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. And you can find all of our articles and our weekly rankings at TCK calm we appreciate all the support we have definitely been getting a lot of dms on twitter and instagram i get back to everybody individually and i get back to everybody eventually some of y'all are like hitting me with question marks like bro respond respond look everybody's got things going on right so please just be patient i will get back to you before games i promise also understand that if you hit me up eight minutes before kickoff and I'm doing other things. I've got my own rosters. I'm answering somebody else's message. I may not get back to you if you're that, you know, late to the game. So catch me every Sunday, an hour before kickoff live on IG. And we go through last minute start sits. You can hit me there or get me uh, all weekend with waiver wire, ask trade conversations. I talk to a lot of people about trades and we go through the roster and see what you need. Um, and then of course we're going over, uh, start sits as well. So catch me on the DMS and, uh, I'd be more than happy to help you out best I can. All right, let's jump into a couple waiver wire pickups for this week. Now, again, I write an article for fantasy football state of mind. You can check it out there. Also, um, I will give you a couple nuggets here. And if you have any other top waiver claims or whatever, hit me up before waivers, most waivers process on Wednesday. So hit me up uh, every Tuesday with your waiver wire ask and, and we can get through those. So quarterbacks, I have Teddy Bridgewater and Dwayne Haskins. Now there's a lot of other waiver ads. I want to also be clear about this because I write this article every single week. I mention two quarterbacks, two tight ends, four running backs and four receivers every single week. So if I mentioned somebody last week, like last week I mentioned Nick Mullins and Nick Foles. 
I'm not going to mention them again this week. So if you haven't heard the other waiver wire claims uh, mentions, go back to last Monday, go back to the Monday before that and listen to the back half of those episodes, right? The ballers and sellers from them probably don't matter anymore. Now that we're a couple of weeks in, but waiver wire claims and, and, and knowing the situation is relevant for a few weeks because if you miss them, they could have a down game, they could have an up game and you want to be ahead of the curve and be ahead of the waiver wire. So go check those out every single uh, ballers and sellers episode with the waivers at the back. They come out on Mondays and uh, you can just cycle through those and, and uh, let me know that the first episode of each week is going to have a uh, waiver addition to it. So go check those out. And again, I have a couple names, but if you're looking at more, you're in a deeper league or there's just the guys I mentioned aren't available, go back a couple episodes and see if anybody else I mentioned might be there. All right. I've got quarterbacks, Teddy Bridgewater, Last week, you know, 27 fantasy points did very, very well. He's only had 300 plus fantasy or excuse me, 300 plus passing yards in one game this year and totaled four touchdowns, but he could be a, like a spot super flex start here. He has four plus matchups coming at out at Atlanta. We just saw the Packers crush them. Chicago at home in Carolina. I like that game at New Orleans. They have a beat up secondary and it's going to be a shootout no matter what. And then Atlanta again. So he's got Atlanta twice, New Orleans, and then Chicago. I think he'll be all right there. He's doing really well with Robbie Anderson. Mike Davis has been great out of the backfield. He'll get CMC back soon enough. And DJ Moore, I'm sure, is on the up. So keep an eye on Teddy Bridgewater. Next up, I have Dwayne Haskins. Look, I'm not feeling Dwayne Haskins. If you've been listening to the pod for a while, you know how I feel about him. I call him Other Jameis. But look, again, if you're in a super flex league, there's been a couple injuries to quarterbacks. We're going to start getting these. Um, by weeks, as I mentioned, we have Rodgers and Stafford out this week with the Lions and the Packers. So if you need a spot start in Superflex, look at Dwayne Haskins. Could be out on the waiver wire. Not a popular pickup until then, but he's been playing pretty well. In week four, he had season highs in attempts, completions, completion percentage, and passing yards. He also ran a score in as well, but he did not throw a touchdown on 45 attempts. I think that goes up. He did play the Ravens defense. All right, so I'm expecting uh, we got to just give him a break for that. The Ravens defense is one of the best in the league, no matter what. So keep an eye on that. I will say again, though, you're looking at the next couple starts here. And over the next three weeks, Haskins will face the Rams at the Giants and Dallas. Okay, so all three uh, matchups there. I think he can do well. And, and uh, Terry McLaurin has been playing excellent. At the running backs, I mentioned the Ernest Johnson. Okay. He's a third-string running back for the Cleveland Browns. Nick Chubb now on IR, unfortunately. Okay, so he has an MCL injury. Kareem Hunt is going to be the lead dog. We know that. But we also know that Stefanski wants to mix it up. He wants to keep guys fresh, and he's going to have particular roles. I think Kareem Hunt gets more of the role that he's in, but he's in that role. Darnus Johnson out-touched Kareem Hunt 13-11 to and came in later in the game. Until Nick Chubb got hurt, Kareem Hunt did not have a touch. Okay, so it was Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb. He got injured. Then it was Kareem Hunt and, and uh, Darnus Johnson. So I do think Kareem Hunt's also nursing a groin injury, right? He looked great in the game. He scored twice. He'll be fine. But if they don't want to overwork him, they're going to get Johnson in some work. Again, it's a deep situation, but if you are stuck at running back or you had a Nick Chubb, I would go make Darnus Johnson your number one running back waiver claim. If you need to do that, he would be my guy there. He does have Pittsburgh coming up next week, so I don't like that. But he has also got uh, Cincinnati and the Raiders um, coming up in two-plus matchups there. So he should definitely be the 1B. And again, Chubb's going to be out for minimum three weeks, maybe six. So get ahead of that if you possibly can. Next up, Justin Jackson. So same thing here. Joshua Kelly is most likely already owned in your leagues okay if he's not go get him all right but assuming that joshua kelly's unavailable look at justin jackson so he's going to get more work obviously austin eckler out with a hamstring injury potentially for the rest of the season if the news has come out by the time you've heard this podcast and i'm incorrect i apologize i don't know right now i just know that he's injured i have not heard a report by the time i, I got this it's it's basically saying that he's going to be on the ir it's just a difference between three-week IR and end-of-season IR. I'm not sure right now. So I'm telling you, no matter what, J Justin Jackson is worth a pickup because he's going to be valuable and at least a spot start potentially for the next three weeks. 
he could potentially be a, a spot start for the rest of the season. And if anything happens to Kelly, then all of a sudden you've got a um, number one running back. So keep an eye on that. I don't expect him to explode, but he does have a great running back schedule coming up in week six, right? Is basically starting in week six. He's got the Jets at the Dolphins versus Jacksonville and the Raiders. I think those are all plus matchups, and I think he's definitely worth a stash while Eckler is out. Next up, Reggie Bonifon for Carolina. So, look, we're looking at third-string running backs here with some of these situations, but that's where we're at with injuries and COVID and bye weeks coming up. So, Christian McCaffrey obviously out. Mike Davis for Carolina doing very well. But Reggie Bonifon last week, 15 fantasy points, 10 carries, 53 yards, two catches, 18 receiving yards, and a touchdown. So, he scored through the air as well. I've got Teddy as my quarterback pickup. I've got Reggie Bonifon potentially as your running back pickup if you need him. Now, again, we're talking Thursday running back. Reggie Bonifon is going to be nowhere to be found when Christian McCaffrey comes back, but we don't know necessarily when he's going to come back. So if you need him for a spot start in the next week or two, look at Reggie Bonifon. He did have a 22 and a 15-yard run, so he does have some bursts that I like. Chase Edmonds, this one is interesting. He might be my number 1B or number 2, right, behind uh, to Ernest Johnson. So Chase Edmonds, 15 fantasy points last week, 14, uh, four carries, excuse me, 13 rushing yards. Um, I'm sorry, let me start over. Four carries, 16 rushing yards, five receptions, 24 rushing yards, but he did have a touchdown. Gets Carolina, who's horrendous against the run next week. Kenyon Drake has been struggling big time. All right. Edmonds had nine touches for 40 yards and a touchdown in week four. Kenyon Drake went for 35 yards on 13 carries and did not have a target in the passing game. All right, so I'm I'm worried about that. If Edmonds <clears throat> gets extra opportunity, we saw last year him score multiple touchdowns in the one game before he got injured. If they're able to do that and give him extra work, I think Chase Edmonds is going to be great. And honestly, Kenyon Drake, you can't cut him. Obviously, I don't think you can trade him away. You can probably you can buy him low, but man, Chase Edmonds might be the guy to just hold on to. Might be a very valuable handcuff, even if not for an injury. Could be an opportunity situation there in Arizona. All right, on to wide receivers. C.D. Lamb, most likely already rostered. But if he's not, he definitely should be. Okay, so again, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, and Zeke Elliott all, I think, get preference in this offense. But this offense is absolutely out of control. Five receptions, 79 yards, and two touchdowns last week. 25 fantasy points. Again, only five receptions, but... Two of those went for scores. CeeDee Lamb is the truth. He's going to be great. I want a piece of this uh, Cowboys offense. So that might be the cheapest one that you can go get. Check out Scotty Miller in Tampa Bay as well. 19 fantasy points last week. Five receptions, 83 yards, and a touchdown. He got Chicago next week. Keep it on him, man. He's basically been kind of a Julian Edelman light for Tom Brady, which we expected. Miller has caught 15 of his last 21 targets for 250 yards and exactly 83 rushing yards over his last two games each Chris Godwin's out OJ Howard has suffered a season ending injury Mike Evans is kind of the quote-unquote deep threat unless they're around the goal line obviously Rob Gronkowski is beat up um, Miller definitely has plenty of opportunity over the middle and I think he's a weekly flex with the uh, bye weeks coming up also keep an eye on Jets receiver Jeff Smith I'm not excited about this one but I want to think of like a deeper name for some of these 16 team leagues. Cause people hit me up sometimes like, Hey man, I need a waiver claim. And I list off a bunch who I think are available and who are available. In most leagues are like, you hey, look, man, I'm in a, you know, 16 team league, a 20 team league, or everybody in my league is, is, you know, they're G I mean, they're, they know what they're doing. So the, the regular guys in home leagues are not available. I need somebody deeper. So this is kind of my, my deep dive this week, Jeff Smith of the jets. All right. I don't want anybody on the jets. I'll just be straight up. However, he was activated from the IR, got his first start on Thursday Night Football, 15 fantasy points, seven receptions, 81 yards. He gets Arizona next, who I think can be had, and it's going to be a shootout. So Darnold and whoever else out there, Crowder is going to have to throw the ball. Um, and the Jets are going to have to try to move at least here in, in what I think they can do. Crowder had seven catches for 104 yards on 10 targets, but Smith had seven catches for 81 yards on nine targets. All right, so... Pretty even distribution here. It's not pretty, but again.
finally showed what he can do in New Orleans. He had season highs in targets, receptions, and receiving yards. If Drew Brees and Sanders are finally on the same page, I think it's a nice spot filled with the, the buys coming up and obviously more attractive with Michael uh, Thomas out um, for the foreseeable future. We'll see what happens with him and, and when he comes back. And when he does, it's going to be interesting to see who takes the number two in New Orleans. Traquan Smith, who I mentioned earlier, has done very well, two touchdowns last weekend, or is it Emmanuel Sanders? We haven't really seen a number two really step up in New Orleans for quite a quite a long time. Um, since Lance Moore and uh, Marquise Colston, if you remember the OGs. Uh, but, you know, if we can get Michael Thomas some help, I think it'll help Michael Thomas, it'll help this offense, and it'll help Drew Brees overall. Uh, otherwise, we just know it's, it's going to be Kamara. So we'll see what happens there. But keep an eye on Imani Sanders. He could have a, an option. Uh, or I've got Kelsey. Otherwise, I have, you know, other streaming tight ends each week. Now, if I have a, have to have a streaming tight end, it could be Austin Hooper this week. Five catches, 35 yards, nothing incredible, but he did score. I think what interests me here is with Nick Chubb on IR, perhaps the Browns lead more on the pass. They saw what Baker Mayfield could do. Jarvis Landry's throwing touchdowns in Cleveland. I mean, you know, anything that the Browns can do to move the ball. They've been playing really well. They're three and one. I think that they get Hooper more involved as the weeks have gone on and the chemistry builds for Baker Mayfield. Again, David Njoku is out of the picture. Harrison Bryant has been played well, but he's not the normal guy. So Austin Hooper could potentially get more work. Look, if you're in a spot start, you're only looking for a touchdown with uh, tight ends. Basically you can't, you can't expect the streaming tight ends to get the targets and the workload but you can hope for a touchdown. Austin Hooper, I think, can give you that opportunity. And Richard Rodgers, again, a deep name. Philadelphia Eagles, he's basically Dallas Goddard now um, with Goddard out. And, you know, three catches, 35 yards. But again, I think in deeper leagues, the, the suggestion is that Richard Rodgers filling in for Goddard basically is kind of playing that second role. Now the Eagles have at Pittsburgh and versus Baltimore, so I don't like that at all. But my thought process is if you're really deep league, Maybe Zach Ertz is the focal point, which he will be for the defense, right? They have no other receiving weapons for the most part. They're going to stop Miles Sanders. They're going to try, you know, contain Greg Ward. That's fine. And then Zach Ertz is the next guy. So they're not going to put somebody on Richard Rodgers. And we've seen Dallas Goddard, who's a much better athlete than Richard Rodgers. But the point remains the same, that that second tight end, Wentz loves, the play caller loves, the Eagles love as a, as another weapon. And if Zach Ertz is blanketed like he was with San Francisco, I think that Richard Rogers could have an opportunity there again in a deeper league. He could sneak out a touchdown in this base scale you can ask for. And of course, Robert Tanyan, look, three touchdowns. I don't expect it to happen when Devonte Adams is healthy and Alan Lazard is healthy, but the reality is five touchdowns in the last three games for Tanyan. We have said for years and years and years for fantasy football that Aaron Rodgers does not value the tight end. Well, look, he is right now, and Tay Adams is hurt. I believe Tay Adams is going to come back. Again, they have a bye week this week. So Robert Tanyan's not in my article because he's not a pickup this week because they're on bye. But if you have a deep uh, bench and you have a stash, pick him up if you need a, a tight end to beat the waiver wire. But I think Tay could have played. They thought that they could beat the Falcons you know, without him. So they decided to let him rest a little bit longer. We saw what happened when Julio came back a little bit early. He played a half. He looked okay for the first quarter, got injured, boom, out for the second half. And now he might just not play next week. We'll see. But I do think Tay Adams comes back in two weeks, healthy, ready to go. And I think that Robert Tanyan, you know, has a couple targets, maybe still around the red zone because he's been great and obviously established the rapport and Rodgers trusts him at this point to, to look at him. But I think Aaron Jones backs off a little bit. And I think that Robert Tanyan backs off a little bit when Tay comes back. So we'll see what happens, but just a deeper, uh, deeper option there. So once again, to go over our waiver wire pickups for week five at quarterback, these are both super flex options, Teddy Bridgewater and Dwayne Haskins at running back. I have to Ernest Johnson of Cleveland, Justin Jackson of the Chargers, Reggie Bonifant of the Panthers, and Trey Chase Edmonds of the Cardinals. At wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb, if available, Scotty Miller. 
Jeff Smith of the Jets and Emmanuel Sanders. And then at tight end, uh, Robert Tanyan, if you can stash him. Otherwise, Austin Hooper and Richard Rogers. All right, y'all. That's a lot for me. I appreciate you tuning in. This has been another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. You can check us out on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod. You can find us on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. Please leave a rate and review. It really does make a difference. We don't just do it for the likes and shit. If you have been listening for a long time and you follow our pages, you know we're not about that. It really does help us get the word out. Um, you all know that I put a lot of time and energy into this for the episodes I do. Dwayne is coming up next with a solo episode, puts a lot of time and energy to do that alone. Then Bobby comes on from X Factor. He and I do an episode. Dwayne and I do an episode. Chris and I do an episode from Commission FFP. There's a lot of work. Lucas does a lot of behind the scenes work and everything else. So again, it really just like, we don't ask for money from y'all, right? Other than the draft guide, which has been handled um, we just ask that you potentially tell a friend, you know, tell somebody in your league or, or tell somebody else if, if they're looking for fantasy help, send them our way. You know, a follow goes a long way. It really lets us know that the community is appreciating what we're doing. We're all very passionate about this. We're not going to get everything right, <laughs> but we do a lot of research and we make our decisions based on that. So we hope that you value uh, the opportunity there and uh, take value in our research. So hopefully we can help you out and, and get you those hashtag TCK titles. Again, please leave a rate and review. Find us online. Find our articles and our rankings at tckpod.com. Tune in tomorrow to get your boy Dewey's Nuts, aka Dwayne Lynn, to his family, I'm sure, uh, on the Stat Rat breakdown. And then on Wednesday, we'll bring in Bobby Lamarco, aka Fantasy Football X Factor, for the early breakdown. Thursday, Dewey's will be back for the late game breakdown and then Chris Benavides of the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast on Friday for the TCK Pod recap of week four and preview of week five. This has been episode 275 in the books, ballers and stallers, and your week five waiver claim. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. It's been a blast. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful, productive week. Happy weekend, everybody. Talk to you later. We, I am out of here. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.